If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals, chief goals. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Hey, welcome to the Hardwood Hustle. This is TJ Rosane here with Graham Maxwell. Today we're going to talk about should you be looking for another job or a better job uh, or maybe just a different job. And so we're going to talk about that in your own coaching profession for those of you that are coaches out there. Before we do, let's send a shout out to our friends over at Shot Tracker. What gets tracked gets measured. Coaches, I'd love to know what you're tracking right now. With Shot Tracker, you can track just about anything that you want to be able to track. One of my favorite things is putting it up in the locker room to be able to see where people stand in different categories. It makes the team more competitive. Go check out all the things Shot Tracker has to offer at shottracker.com. Graham, should you be looking for another job? Yes. How do you know? Okay, yeah, well. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and get that one uh, gun out there. Um, I put the heat on Graham, and he's looking for a way out. But now, really, seriously, how do you uh, know whether you should be looking for another job? Why do people look for other jobs? How do you know when it's time um, to do that? Should you be trying to climb the ladder? Should you be content where you're at? And it's a really different, difficult thing. And I think, like, especially this time of the year after the season, people are talking about it. Everybody's checking out. Hoop Dirt and websites, NCA to see what jobs are open, high school boards. Everybody's looking for maybe something possibly different, something possibly better. But how do you know? Like, how do you know what's right for you? I mean, you see so many people go take a job and like, this is my dream job. And then two or three years later, they're fired and it wasn't that great. And they didn't do that great. And they gave up a job they had before and go to another person and they change administrations you thought it was a great job now it's not a great job you moved your family like there's a lot that goes in to knowing whether you're at the right place at the right job and i don't know that there's any right way to do this but let's give our coaches some thoughts on some things you might want to process when you're deciding should i be looking for another job um or should i be where stay where i'm at what are your thoughts yeah, I say, I say uh, all these things because I mean I've looked for jobs before, um, but I've I've never oh, really yeah no okay I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I come from a different place like I've never I mean this is the this is the only coaching job that I've had right it, it's been at Emmanuel so even though there's been like other job openings or other um, opportunities elsewhere you know I've I've kind of have like these I like these ideals or these core things that I feel like hey this is what I want in a job and that's that's what um, that's what I have here at Emmanuel and so when I have those things and I feel like this is the best place for me to be then there's no reason for me to look for another job now I say that like we've had really good administration here obviously I work for a really good boss and you um, we've had good players we win um, and so like those things are hard for me to to say like man like this this place really really sucks like I need to find somewhere else and so obviously we've been really blessed here um, and so 
uh, I would say for me, like the reason that I've stayed here and hadn't really went to other places is because all of the things that, you know, I've thought about and now that, you know, I'm, I'm having a family, um, these are the things that we truly want in a place for me to be at. And so that's what we have here at Emmanuel. Now, if that were to ever change or the things or the dynamic here at Emmanuel were, would begin to shift, then I think that's a good reason like, oh, these don't match up with my ideals anymore. This isn't um, as good for my family anymore. Then I could start seeing like, well, we would start looking other places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. I, I've seen it over my career really work out just about every way possible. I've seen people go after another job and three years later regret the job they gave up. Um, I've seen people in a bad situation know that it was time to bail, take a leap of faith, and then they were just led to the right thing. Um, I, I, if you, I mean, if you can think of it, I've seen that scenario play out. So that's why it's so hard to say there is a certain way that you should be or a certain time that you should be looking for another job. I do think one of the things – that's really interesting about the coaching profession. There's a there's a couple things. Let, let me just start with the end of the season. The end of the season in basketball is like none other, um, and, and very different from a lot of jobs. Maybe similar in other sports, but different from a lot of jobs in the sense that, you know, when you go through the season at our level, at the high school level, at any level. I mean, I'll just take a high school coach for example. You know, they invested in their team all summer long, right? They came back and did individual workouts. Your season takes up most of the school year. And at the end of it, like, you've just put so much into your team. And if it's anything like I feel at the end of the season, I think you probably feel at the end of the season, it's like in that moment you ask yourself, can I do this again? Like, can I start all over and invest all of this? Because it just came down to this game or that game, and then all of a sudden the season's over. It's a daunting task to think about that. And you're like, well, I lose these players and -and so-and-so's doing this. And it's like, man, I don't know if it can get any better than that. Or I don't know if it can get any worse than that. You know, you could be on either one of the side of the tracks there. But it's really, really an emotional feeling after you've invested your whole self into a season. And then it's over. And I think that's one of the reasons that uh, there's so much coaching activity, so much change. I mean, there's change because coaches want to change. There's also change because administration wants to win right now. I mean, there's a lot of reasons change happens. But I I do think all the changes happen almost immediately after the season. And so this guy got fired, this guy moves here, that guy, most of them happen in that time frame. And a lot of times they're emotional decisions um, because if you were to ask me, Man, for the first 10 days after season, I think now that I've been through it, I'm I'm more aware of my emotions, you mm-hmm. know, and I don't even really think about it for the first week or so after yeah. the season. It's just because you're so so much in that place of like, oh man. And and you always think, well, maybe the grass is greener, you know, maybe there's another opportunity. So I would give coaches some advice just to pause for a little bit of time after the season. Because you're in a really weird state of mind once a season ends because you've invested so much. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. You have to let the you know, the phrase I'll use, you got, you got to let the dust settle because there's so much that's going on. And, and, and I think our players feel the same way after a year, depending on if it was a really good year or um, if it was a really bad year. Like They're probably extremely emotional, so they're, they might be having some of the same feelings that we have. Yeah. And so I think it's really important to realize that I think on both parties, players, but specifically talking to coaches, like you, you have to let the dust settle. 
Um, and then, so you are in a, in a really good frame of mind and not just doing things off a knee jerk reaction or a better offer comes up and you're just going to jump at it. I think you do have to weigh things positive and negative, but it's really hard to do that when you're uh, in the moment and you're extremely emotional from a long season. Yeah. I think that's one thing to be cautious of. And then, you know, I think the other thing to be cautious of is that every job has its struggles, you know, every situation. I mean, I, I think that, you know, um, it, it, the coaching tree is kind of always coaching ladder. I don't know the right word for it. Has always said the goal is just to move on and move up. You know, I think that's just been on mindset, and I, I really think it's been honestly detrimental to a lot of young coaches when they just that's what their mindset is. Because I've seen this vicious cycle play out over the coach co- over a, a coach's careers. Like, you know, let's just say you coach for thirty years, and I've seen people spend fifteen or twenty years trying to climb the ladder to get to a certain spot and then they get there and they realize maybe it's not all it's cracked up to be like you can't waste that 15 or 20 years i'm not saying they wasted it or they didn't do anything else but were you fully present in the situation that you're in like i'm a big believer that you know like god has your two feet right there right now for a reason and i think you know not everybody comes from a place of you know what they believe spiritually or whatever for me that's what i believe and other people you know ground their decisions in something else and something different and not not um you know downplaying that but can you be present in the place that you're at because there you're there for a reason like there's young people there to be impacted by you um there's there's lives to be changed there's a team to be coached there's lessons to be taught there's mentorship to be given i mean you just go on there's so much to be able to happen in that one place and i think sometimes like coaches spend half their time trying to do that and half their time thinking about how do i get on to the next spot and i do think the old adage is true that just hit a home run where you're at right you know and if and if and if there is something else for you and you're supposed to move on like it's going to happen if you hit a home run there not if you're hitting a single where you're at trying to get the next place so it's almost an oxymoron that you're trying to work for the next job and shortchanging the job you're at and usually it hurts you and doesn't work out anyway would you agree? Yeah. I also think, too, that we see this a lot in you and I and uh, our other assistants. We've, we've had um, so many conversations surrounding this. Like, I think the thing that people really forget, like winning is so hard to do. You know, you see these new jobs come up or you see someone take a job or you see like, man, you hear all the time, like if I had that job or, or, or if I was in that area or, or if I had this, like we would be winning. Like, I don't know why that person's not winning or I don't know why they're not bringing players in. Or even at the high school and, and youth level, like winning is not easy to do. And so for us just to assume that, oh, if I go somewhere else, then I can win. Like every, we talk about it all the time. You know, the hardest conference to win in is the one you're in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really, really hard to win. And with that being said, I think one of the best pieces of advice that you've given me, and I've never, uh, obviously I've never been a a head coach yet. Maybe that's in the cards one day. I don't really know. Um, But you've given this advice to many people that have come through the program. And and I know you talk about it with other coaches that reach out to you. But um, it's whenever you go to another job, you have to remain humble. Because you you see it so many times that people automatically assume, well, the person the person who was here before didn't do this, or I'm going to come in and I'm going to change the culture. Yeah, that might be true, but let's let's be real about it. The person that was in that job before you 
they weren't in that job trying to lose. <laughs> yeah. So there has to be a level of humility in anywhere we go. Yeah, absolutely. I got a ton more thoughts, as, as I know you do as well. But let's take a quick break and get the communication tip of the day from our friends over at TeamSnap. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap for today's halftime communication tip. This week, coaches, I'd like to challenge and encourage you to find moments to turn your communication off. Let me explain what I mean by that. I think as coaches, we sometimes get into the the grind and the hustle of coach mode. It's always coaching. We're always looking for ways to improve, always looking for conversations where we can address things or moments where we can have discussions about the upcoming opponent. And that's all good and, and fine and obviously appropriate. But I think there's times where we need to turn our coaching communication off. We just got to commit to today. I'm going to do nothing but just simply get to know my players. Or today, I'm going to do nothing but simply ask my players how they're doing or what's new or what challenges are going on in their life. A commit at moments to say, you know what, there's going to be nothing basketball, nothing sport related being brought up today. I'm going to commit to just simply getting to know my players and, and I'm going to restrict and filter my own thought process that even if I get tempted to want to bring up basketball today or bring up sport, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to turn that communication off. I'm going to commit today or in this moment to doing nothing but getting to know my players better, asking them questions and growing that relationship. This could be a, one of the most important practices you do as a coach. And I'd like to encourage you to incorporate that sometime over the next couple of weeks. Let us know how it went. You can always tweet us at hardwood underscore hustle. Did it have an impact on your program and on your relationships? I'm sure it will. Listen, we appreciate our friends over at Team Snap. Today's halftime talk, teamsnap.com backslash hustle. Big, big supporters of the Hardwood Hustle. And we're so appreciative over them. Make sure you check out their app, Team Snap, for the communication tool being used by over 15 million people across the globe. That's teamsnap.com backslash hustle. All right, Graham. So a lot of interesting things there. And I think you made a good point there. Like the, the guy before you or the gal before you in that job was not trying to lose. You know, it's not easy to win anywhere. There's a lot that goes invested into a program to make it win. And then the other thing I would I would say, too, is that, like, there's a lot of different wirings. You and I have talked about this before for coaches. You know, like, I mean, I, I've seen guys that uh, were, you know, great for – a ninth grade or a JV program and they spoke that language and those are the type of kids they can change lives in and whatever, but they desire to be an NBA coach. You know what I mean? And I think it's really important to really know where your gifts are. Like where, where, um, are you the most impactful and where can you make the biggest difference? And, uh, how do my gifts play out in any particular, uh, role? If I was being really transparent, um, I, and I just was knowing myself, I don't know if I'll be at Emmanuel forever. I mean, you know that I'm happy here and I love it. But um, one of the things I love about it is the freedom to just go impact lives and to try and make a difference. And I would do that anywhere that I was. But also being mindful of, you know, if you take certain jobs, there's more media time that you have to spend. There's more time that you have to be on the road. There's more time you have to be recruiting. And I asked myself, like, uh, there's a couple things. Like, would I be able to invest in those players the same way? And I don't know the answer to that. Would I have as much time and investment with my own family um, if I was to go do that? Because there usually is sacrifice in whatever you decide to do. Um, you know, one thing that I've always said for you is, like, you're so good building individual relationships with players, you know? Like, um, 
and uh, you, you'd be good as a head coach or any coaching role that you were in. But if you were to be a head coach, one of the things that you might give up is the amount of time that you had to be able to do that and that relationship with him because there's other things that you have to battle. Um, you're, I'm good with relationships, but I'm not as good as you are in those individual relationships. I think I'm a little bit more geared towards serving the group with life lessons, and you're better at just getting individually to know these players to be able to help them. be able. And both are valuable skills. Both can play out in a lot of different ways. But I think recognizing those skills, and it doesn't mean you can't get better at the other skills. I need to get better, you know, individual relationships. You, you know, have other things you need to be working on. We all have those things that we need to be working on. We shouldn't put ourselves in a box and say, hey, this is just what I do. But, you know, there's guys, you know, like Bill Guthridge was the assistant to Dean Smith for 30 years, you know. And, you know, what's the downside of that? The downside is he might not have gotten as much pub. Right. 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 But Dean Smith will be the first guy to tell you that our program is not the same without this guy. Yeah. You know, and who's to not, who's to say he didn't live a better life out of the spotlight? Yeah. Being the guy that just served those North Carolina players that helped do all the things that he's capable of doing. Like, I know a lot of guys that have been assistants, a lot of girls that have been assistants for 15, 20 years. And they sometimes are the key behind that program mm-hmm. right it may not get the love and i guess but does it mean that they're not living and fulfilling out what they need to do i mean i think there's a lot of them that i think man if they were assistant for the rest of their life they that would be awesome for them but also they could be a head coach it's not that they couldn't do it but right. they're really great in their role and so i think knowing um you know what your role is i've had opportunities to go to different schools at different levels um, as a head coach, as an assistant coach, when every time I got to ask myself, is that going to fit the type of life I'm trying to live? And is it going to play to my skills the best? And it's really interesting when you actually stop and think about that, because, uh, you know, if if you were to give up something to get something, there's there's sacrifice both ways, you know, and, and people I don't know if they always count the cost of what they have to give up. Yeah. This this point kind of came into my mind when um, we our, our new our new addition to the staff this year, Derek. Um, he came in. One of the questions he asked he asked me is like, "Hey, what's what's your aspirations and your dreams?" And and I feel like I typically give an answer that's not as usual as what a lot of people give. And that you know, it's like you know, I, I'm right now like I'm really fine being an assistant forever. You know, that that head coaching thing might come for me, but I'm really fine just being an assistant. And and he said, you know, he, he came into the coaching profession assuming that every assistant wanted to be the head coach. And I do think that is a case in a lot of instances. And the reason why is because I think it's countercultural to to be an assistant for the rest of your life. Because the the culture and all of the, the bright lights and, and how hard people work and 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 it's a lot of it is you're working for, for something higher. You know, you're working for a different title. You're working for um, I'm not just gonna say like the, the bright lights or the, the the glamorous things or the fashion but you are you're working for something higher because i don't think it's like our nature to serve you know and so i think there has to be something within you um when you are assistant to say like you know i i i'm looking forward to serving every single day i'm not saying people who aren't assistants anymore don't look to serve but there comes a point where um 
most of the time people who want to who move on to head coaching professions they move on for maybe it's like more money um, or um, you know bigger titles or to give off lesser responsibilities and so I think there has to be something um, inside of a person to say like you know I would love to to be an assistant forever and I think it the reason why you don't see that a ton is because it is countercultural. yeah I kind of planned on the end of my career being your assistant until you told me last year you would never hire me. Yeah. Um, that was really interesting. So I had to kind of change my um, True story. my uh, game plan. So don't really know what I'm going to do to finish my career um, because plan A was... Uh, you used to work for Pizza Hut, though, right? That I great. did, yeah. I did. you back. Well, I'm a pizza fan, you know. I, I uh, had some, some good days delivering pizzas. You're in your car, you're riding, you're by yourself, nobody's bothering you, you listen to a little sports talk radio. Yeah, I could I could do that again. But, you know, I think that one of the things that, uh, you know, everyone has to do is they have to think about what does make sense to them and why does it make sense to them? I mean, I, I get this question a lot. Well, why don't you go to this job? Why don't you try and do this? Why don't you? There's, you know, every time I, I would not say that I'm ever against taking another job or going somewhere different. But also, I, I always ask myself, why would I give up what I love doing? You know, like if I was to go take this D1 job down the road, whatever, and um, uh, my, my number one question is, could I still spend the amount of time with my family that I want to be able to spend with my family? And if the answer was no, which it typically is no, you have to ask yourself, are you willing to give that up? And, and, and there's two sides of that story too. You know, part of our life is serving other people and serving them and part of our life is serving our family. And what that balance is looks like for everybody else is different. I mean, I think I read some point that 70 close to 75% of NFL coaches marriages end in divorce you know like yeah. it's an all-the-time thing like there's something they had to sacrifice i would love to know i would i mean i would love to go back and survey coaches at the end of the career in fact any of you that are coaches that are in towards the end of your career i'd love to learn from you and tell me like what are the best and worst decisions that you ever made mm -hmm. um i i did have the luxury of learning from some really good guys i got to talk to don meyer at the end of his career about this you know my dad um and and, and as, a, as a high school coach and telling me what his greatest regrets were and what are some of the things he was most proud of and i've had some really good mentor people don mccray um uh, from his coach canada basketball I've loved asking him what he loved and what he would have done different but i i love picking the brains of coaches that have been at a long time and, and and what do you look back because i think most of the time what young coaches think and I, actually, I take that back. I don't think most young coaches think about the end and looking back. They're in the focus of the grind and trying to get where they need to get. But if you can ever have the chance to ask a mature coach, saying, what did you regret, what did you like, what didn't you like, it would be really interesting to hear uh, what they have to say because most of the time it's not uh, lining up with the things that most people are chasing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think what comes into that too is, is uh, you know, security like job security you know like we like you said before many times and, I, and i'd be interested to hear what they have to say too I'd, I'd be willing to bet some of them say you know i wish i was at a place where you know i I didn't have to move around as much now some of them probably love that i know there's a lot of coaches that love bouncing around from job to yeah. job or, and the question is do their families love bouncing around yeah, yeah. exactly so I, i'd be willing to bet some of them would say you know i wish i stayed in a place where i was a little more secure and so i get it there's one of the one of the big things with this profession is feeling secure, you know, because 
I mean, you you look administration is. I mean, if you're if you're not winning a couple of years, we have several of our friends who. Uh, I mean, you hate it. You hate to even say it's a part of the business, but they they get cut before you know their their job's done before we think like they even had a shot at it. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of get cut, and so I think it's finding a place where you're secure, finding a place where you're able to flourish, I think is extremely important. And honestly, I think a lot of people look around for those jobs. Um, but also, you know, a warning out there to those people, like, don't, don't just hop around. You know, I think there's something to be said and some security. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the reality of it is, is there are some jobs that are more secure than others, but you also don't always know. I mean, like yeah. you said earlier, it could change on you know on a dime. I mean, administration yeah. could leave, new people could come in. You could feel completely different about what you're doing. I think that goes back to why because some things are in our control and some things are out of our control. Right. And whatever's in your control is what you need to be focusing on as a coach. And the, hey, there's plenty of times when I do think the best thing to do is to leave. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's times when you don't align with administration and it's going to make your life miserable. There's times, um, when, you know, they're, they're giving you an, uh, a job that's going to be really hard to get over as far as they're trying to take away resources. They're doing a, And if you're a competitive person, it makes you think, Hey, I want to be at a place where I can be more competitive. I mean, there's plenty of reasons to leave. I'm not saying coaches should never leave, should never change, never look at other jobs. Um, that's not what I'm saying at all. I, I just think it's overrated and overhyped. The amount of time people spend looking at other jobs, trying to find other jobs, and then, you know, you if you were to do the survey three, five, ten years later, a lot of them would say, you know, I had a good job, you know, yeah. or I had a good place. And, and there's also people that would say, I love jumping around. I love seeing the world. My family liked that. And there's right. other people that would say, man, it was hard on my family to move around. So recognize that there's so many different ways that that could go um, in that coaching. I think, you know, whatever it is that you do, whether it's you pray or uh, think about, it, I think you need to spend time thinking about why um, spending time trying to search those answers and why you're choosing the things that you're choosing. But the one thing you can control is just doing the best job where you're at. I mean, there's no doubt there's young people there that need you. And I, that quote, I don't remember where I heard it, but it's uh, you know, every young person is one mentor away from success. You know, and a lot of times we just never step into that role and all of us have that opportunity to, to step into that role. So coaches, as you're searching, you're looking, love to hear your thoughts specifically. I'd love to hear for some of the older coaches that have been doing it for a while and what you would have done different and what you really appreciated, what you loved. And uh, the, the last thing I would say is never underestimate your role. I don't care if you're the assistant you know, coach on the ninth grade team like you got kids to coach and impact just like coach K does. Uh, every one of them, you know, you say, well, they're, they're 12 and these kids are 18. And these, Hey, a lot of times you can have a lot more influence at the age of 12 than you can 18. Uh, but I think the guy probably has you where you're at for some reason. Um, and, and, uh, if you can try to find the silver lining in that, even if you're unhappy at your job, uh, and if you're unhappy at your job and it's making you so miserable, that it takes you out on the rest of your life and you're taking it out at home, whatever, maybe you should be looking for another job. Love to hear your thoughts. Uh, I'm TJ Rosane. This is Graham Maxwell, and we are the Hardwood Hustle. Uh, check us out at under, Hardwood underscore Hustle and give us your, your feedback. Coaches want to know what you got to say about this. Till next time.